This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always. The Let's Go Brandon Warren, Nathaniel Paul Thurston, the one who knows just about everything there is to know. You're back to just about now. Just about. I lost out on some stuff. Thank you. You did. Thank you for that. It is true. I mean, we don't know everything. Look, All life right? is an ebb and flow. You just got to okay. be honest about the stuff that you don't know. What what goes up must come down, and what goes down must come up. Just like the U.S. GDP. Exactly. For what I'm hearing. That's, that was a great segue in today's first story. You see how I did that? That's pretty good. Way too early, though. We have to, we have to say random things for at least <laughs> one more minute. I am wearing a Let's Go Brandon hat, and I found out not everyone knows what that means. Still, by the way, yeah, my mom thought that there was like a someone dying of cancer or something that everyone was getting or behind. A soldier that, yeah, yeah, something like that. Mm. So I got it and I showed her the video and it was pretty funny. Now we all know <laughs> what it means. I got this hat at a gas station. <laughs> a and gas station. A gas station. Yeah, I like gas in station Tennessee hats. or Georgia, Mississippi. Um, I was in Arkansas. Arkan, Arkansas. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I got myself an Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Brandon hat right there. Mm. Anyway, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. The, pers- the, the pursuit of meaning every single day. <laughs> They're luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. And klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. <laughs> they're bad you know it's like a bunch of corn pops running around out there pretty bad dudes out there it's just let me tell you what such bad guys all right so if you want to hear random joe biden clips thrown in every once in a while then you want to make sure you hit that follow or that subscribe button right now mm-hmm. tell a friend tell a family member to go to join gmail.com charlie you got the first story these, today these guys by the way are the kgb remnants mm. of the old mm-hmm. of the old guard yep yep you know Ushering in the era of the new guard. They're, they're the new free guys. market economy that they have over there, capitalism. They, I bet, that, you know, a couple of weeks ago I went to saw this comedian named Bert Kreischer. And he heard has, of him. He's famous now for his Russian story about how he joined the Russian mafia when he was in college. <clears throat> I bet he met with Putin, probably. I'm sure he did. So he's, I'm only, I now met Bert and he met Putin. I'm only one person removed from the ultimate evil in life i'm surprised you're even allowed to go to any of his shows right now being that close to russia considering he was part of the russian mafia yeah all right right, from the new york times here oh just listen to this headline just take it in breathe it in and just sit with it for a second and just let me know how you feel we weren't even going to talk about this until i saw the headline by the way and i was like i started laughing and clapping at the same time so gdp report shows the u.s economy shrank Masking a broader recovery. <laughs> I'll read that again for you. Yeah, yeah. The GDP report 
shows the U.S. economy shrank, masking a broader recovery. It's pretty so, good stuff. Just feel it for a second. I know you did. Yeah, I know you didn't schedule therapy today, listening to your show. But uh, just tell me how you feel about that. Uh, yeah. It's literally. I just love how they twist everything around, and it's the New York Times, of course. Would you expect anything less? No. And um, it, they're basically trying to tell you that I know it doesn't feel like it, but we're making progress. Mm -hmm. Despite but, what the numbers show. I know that it's you can't hardly buy groceries anymore, but look at the big picture. Okay, mm -hmm. things are getting better. Not Whether too big of a picture, though. They are not. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, the U.S. economy con uh, contracted in the uh, the U.S. economy contracted in the first three months of the year. It uh, like pulled in mm -hmm. basically. They didn't sign a contract anymore. Like a, like a yeah, it got like, smaller. Yeah, mm -hmm. like a pregnancy. You have contractions. Yes, like contracted. That is what they mean. The U.S. When they economy say contracted yes. in the first three months of the year, but no babies. Uh, but strong consumer spending and continued business investment suggested that a recovery remained resilient. Yeah. So as long as people are spending more money in this quarter than they were in the previous quarter, then that's a, that's a telltale signs of an economic recovery right there, man. Well, you know what? COVID still existed at the beginning of the year. Mm, okay. Mm. See the yeah. correlation? Yeah. There wasn't any COVID, COVID in the mm -mm. quarter they're comparing it to. Not in this one. No, there's no COVID right now. Yeah. Okay. So gross domestic product adjusted for inflation declined 0.4% in the first quarter or 1.4% on an annualized basis, the Commerce Department said Thursday. They had projected 1% growth. That's like, well, who would have guessed? I don't know if you know this, but that's in a, in a different direction. They projected growth, and instead they had the 1.4% decline. Mm -hmm. Those are opposite things. What were the markets doing today? That's the other way. It was down pretty good at the beginning, then we just got a real big bounce off of this perfect trend line i drew on there a couple days ago mm. <sighs> real good stuff right off of that anyway i hope, I hope everyone was paying attention mm. that was down sharply from the 1.7 percent growth in the final three months of 2021 and was the weakest quarter since the early days of the pandemic um i don't know if you guys know this or not but we are probably headed or in the beginning of the recession yeah so uh, yeah. whatever charlie you saying that you like Trump? <laughs> That's all I heard. Look, Trump helped contribute to it, okay? Yeah. He's the one that signed the bill. Look at that bounce, by the way. That is pretty. Look at that. That's a pretty nice. Mm -hmm. That right there is pretty nice bounce. It kind of went below it. Okay, it went below it a little bit. I get it. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> but the bodies of the candles are right there on yeah. that trend line. Okay. All right. Anyway. Uh, the decline was mostly a result of inventories and international trade. Lower government spending was also a drag on growth. Say that again. Lower government spending was also a drag on growth. We just need more credit cards. That's, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, all you guys out there trying to be responsible with your purchases and stuff, you need more credit. Now this shields what they normally do when maybe we've borrowed less money than we were the previous year. We have, in fact. I saw this nice graphic talking about how much Biden had lowered the deficit since uh, since Trump's last year in office. He already lowered the deficit a bunch. They're spending less money than that year where we weren't uh, doing anything. And 
As you know, when the government takes out debt or they take money from other people and then they put it towards things, that goes towards our GDP right there. That's mm. fake money. Just pump it up. That's all you got to do. I don't know why they turn off the printing presses. <sighs> Just keep it going. Yeah. Most importantly, consumer spending, the engine of the U.S. economy. So here again, they're emphasizing the uh, consumer. The demand economy, side. The demand side. It grew 0.7% in the first quarter, despite the Omicron wave of the coronavirus, which restrained spending on restaurants, travel, and similar services in January. The coronavirus itself mm -hmm. ran it around did. restraining people from going into restaurants. Checking people's passports, making sure that they have masks on. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a pretty bad dude. It's, tell you what. it's pretty crazy that, that by this time, they weren't even actually having to like force people by the coronavirus. The Omicron was a wave of like telepathic signals to your brain mm -hmm. telling you not to go places. They had developed this entire network. Yeah, I saw it on the CDC's website. It was crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that I, I saw it on CNET. I, bold, I, I put this in bold because I said consumer spending is the engine of the U.S. economy. And I feel like we've got some, some new information. Never before, no one's ever mentioned this before, but in fact, just stimulating a bunch of demand is not in fact the engine of the U.S. economy That's because the our, gas. our problem right now is our productive capacity, our ability to produce the things that people are trying to buy. And as we've said several times, they have restricted the supply side, or coronavirus did. You know that's why I'm not going to vote for COVID for re-election. Exactly, I'm just not going to <laughs> through and, sheer tyranny of mm -hmm, viral will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was, you know, it's naturally occurring. Thing and bats, you know, mm -hmm. it happens. They restrict supply, and then we get the increase in demand, of course, which you think would just fix everything. Would just more demand, more demand. But if you can't make all the stuff that people want, well, you still get a shrinking GDP. Now, the one thing I wasn't able to figure out before this, I did look up <clears throat> some uh, information on. It. I wasn't able to figure it out yet. Maybe someone in the group can tell me. The consumer spending grew 0.7 percent in the first quarter. Now, are they adjusting that number for inflation? Because they did tell us what the adjusted GDP decline was for inflation. But then they say consumer spending went up by 0.7%. Now, does that take into effect the fact that they're just paying higher prices for everything? Well, to Tom's point mm -hmm. here, inflation is transitory, Nate. So. Oh, yeah. We don't have to worry about it for very long. I don't long. know why you're, cons you're, not, you're wasting mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And time is money. And money's inflated. And, you know, it's this whole circle. If you keep yeah. asking those questions, we need to move on. That is the Australian business cycle theory that uh, mm -hmm. that money is time, inflation, and wasting and all that. Yeah, I got exactly. you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take it to the dump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm, I hate that the GDP came in here to try to mask the recovery that we're going through because it's a pretty clear recovery that we have at the moment. You can see it all around. You yeah. drive around, everything is uh, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. We're doing fine. All so, right. To our main starting. I don't know what. Yeah, you know, home prices are leveling out. and Yeah. You know, they're leveling out at 200% uh, more than what they were last year, but they're still leveling out. I mean, so that's, you got to look at the positives. Now. Mm -hmm. If we're so focused on all these negatives all the time, uh, what do you, there's no good you're seeing whatsoever. I the mean, good news is that if you already owned a house, then you're doing fine, mm. you know, unless you need to buy a new one. You know, or you actually need to use the money that's associated with it. Everything else is fine, though. It's just the mask that we're talking Take about. Take a look around, folks. Everything's fine. 
So we have what is going to lead into our main topic today. Now, if you guys didn't hear, this is not going to be a, a full podcast about Elon Musk and Twitter today. I'm sorry. Oh. It's just not going to happen. All right. In a completely unrelated chain of events, though, completely unrelated, that's why we're not going to talk about it. Uh, the U.S. government uh, has become very concerned with disinformation and a free and open internet and uh, the rights of a free and open internet for all the people around the world. And the first story we're going to kick off here is from the New York Post. And then Charlie's going to talk about what the Department of Homeland Security is working on in the next article. But this first one, Biden staffers lead a 50 country pledge to reclaim the internet and fight disinformation. All right. The Biden administration on Thursday unveiled an international, quote, declaration for the future of the Internet with 50 other countries slamming the policies of authoritarian governments while endorsing efforts to curb online disinformation and harassment. Mm. There's a bit of a conflict right there because I don't know if you know this, Charlie, but those authoritarian governments are also just fighting what they consider to be disinformation. And harassment. And harassment. That's exactly what they're That's doing. That's what they're fighting. But I they mean, are... think about China, mm -hmm. okay? You guys think this social credit score and stuff is bad. I don't know why. Because all you're doing is just making sure that, that a terrible <clears throat> person doesn't come into your store and order stuff from you because they said and did things at Karen's Supper last night. And that the, so their social score went down. That's important to know. If, if, if you badmouth me behind my back, and say things on the internet about me. Well, I don't want you around. And if you mentioned anything, you, you shouldn't even be able to buy gas. If you mentioned anything about uh, any uh, anything going on in Hong Kong, or maybe you just talk about uh, how Mao would make fathers bury their sons alive for stealing a grain of rice or something, that's that's what we call disinformation. Okay, so that doesn't make them authoritarian. Mm -mm. They're just working on disinformation. That's it. The I just document make sure the truth <clears throat> is told. Yeah, the document outlines ideas for reclaiming the promise of the Internet. That's what the government mm -hmm. needs to do is reclaim the promise of the Internet. And U.S. officials described it as an effort to counter the practices of countries, including China and Russia. Notably, it doesn't mention domestic U.S. struggles over Internet freedom, such as politically motivated censorship of news stories by private companies and alleged illegal government mass surveillance. Doesn't talk about but that. But have no fear. Because <clears throat> it'll definitely be there. It does actually spend a long time talking about the right to privacy on the internet and how people need to know that their private information is being protected. Which I read the whole. It's only three pages long. I, I, from I read three, the whole thing three, today. From third-party companies. Yes. Not them. Yes. From mm -hmm. companies. The the government, of course, can have access to keep you safe. That's why we have the Department of Homeland Security in the first place. Is because they're going to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. That's that's why the the great Republican presidential administration decided to give us this Department of Homeland Security and because they're going to keep us safe. So it could be used for safety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Remember when they created it, guys, it was just for safety. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah. So access to the open quote, access to the open Internet is limited by some authoritarian governments and online platforms and digital tools are increasingly used to repress freedom of expression and deny other human rights and fundamental freedoms. This is our government. 
writing this great thing right here. How could you think they have any nefarious purposes when it comes to the freedom of online expression or free speech or anything when they're putting out stuff like this? Mm -hmm. There's no way they could do anything bad. No. State-sponsored or condoned malicious behavior is on the rise, including the spread of disinformation and cybercrime, such as ransomware, affecting the security and resilience of critical infrastructure while holding at risk vital public and private assets. At the same time, countries have erected firewalls and taken other technical measures, such as internet shutdowns, to restrict access to journalism information and services in ways that are contrary to international human rights commitments and obligations. Mm -hmm. Very worried about that. I it like is, that yep. the New York Post decided to make sure that they included that in their article. It adds, in addition to as well, Online platforms have enabled an increase in the spread of illegal or harmful content that can threaten the safety of individuals and contribute to radicalization and violence. Ex yeah, exactly. D disinformation and foreign malign activity is used to sow division and conflict between individuals or groups in society, undermining respect for and protection of human rights and democratic institutions. Did they write this before or after or in between dropping drone bombs? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure which one. Middle East. I'm not sure. Or like declaring parents uh, domestic terrorists or uh, anything mm. like that. Like, I don't know. They Maybe they've had it in the works for a while. It's not at all correlated with the possibility of Elon Musk buying Twitter or other things coming out, like more information from Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and 10% for the big guy. Nothing like, there's no reason to think any of this is correlated whatsoever. It's just all purely coincidental as we go further well, into it's, this. It's purely for you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's to keep people mm -hmm. safe. You I mean, can't listen to this. You you can't use the internet to sow division and conflict, which undermines respect for democratic institutions. Mm -hmm. Can't do that. The term back in the article now, the term disinformation has been used to censor content that later gains broad acceptance, such as the post reporting on documents from Hunter Biden's laptop which Twitter blocked and Facebook throttled and speculation that COVID-19 leaked from a Chinese lab, which Facebook banned before U.S. intelligence agencies later found, out, found the scenario one of two plausible pandemic origin theories. The document is non-binding and very vague. For example, it doesn't des describe a specific remedy for disinformation, but does call for governments to foster greater exposure to diverse cultural and multilingual content information and news online that means more money <laughs> yes they need more money <laughs> to foster this greater exposure the new document is signed by many u.s allies including france israel japan and the uk but the list doesn't include many of the largest but relatively poor democracies such as brazil india nigeria pakistan and the philippines or any of the countries that have actually done anything uh like shutting down their entire internet systems mm -hmm. for for people like it's just a pledge between a bunch of countries who don't do that saying that that's what they want to stop but there's a lot of other stuff hidden inside the document that they actually want to work on the declaration calls for a free and open internet and condemns censorship <laughs> it's wording also broadly condemns harassment and intimidation and calls for signers to make the internet a safe and secure place for everyone, particularly women, children, and young people. That's right. Mm. You got to do it. Well, you, don't, you don't like women 
or children or young people, well, then you won't like this pledge, okay? Because that's what this is going to help. A free and open internet, censorship is wrong. Also, we have to make sure we don't have any harassment or intimidation, anything like that. I believe the founders of this document are only most regretful that they didn't do this in the beginning of the internet. Yeah. That's probably... When they died, that's well, Al Gore was trying to get this signed, but they just couldn't get the states to ratify it. Was couldn't. the issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be that'll be their dying w- regret. The country didn't get to this sooner. The country is reaffirm our commitment that actions taken by governments, authorities, and digital services, including online platforms, to reduce illegal and harmful content and activities online, be consistent with international human rights law including the right to freedom of expression while encouraging diversity of opinion and pluralism without fear of censorship, harassment, or intimidation. Those things are going to be in conflict with one another, by the way. No fear of censorship, but then you, what are you going to call harassment? What, what is that? Calling out someone's bad ideas? Are you highlighted as harassment? We had a video. Like, how does this work? I'm not sure. It's just tag it as harassment on there. I don't know. What's interesting is that they, They want the signers of this to reduce the harmful content and be consistent with international human rights law. And what I wonder, this is just a wild theory, actually a wild theory, okay? I haven't really seen any of this. You know, in other countries, there's a lot of laws against actual hate speech. You know, I'm saying actual hate speech. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Real bad stuff. Stuff that you can't say. Made by bad guys. Now, does this make us... Autocracies, even. Is this us signing a non-binding pledge to adhere to the international law when it comes to this? I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. Okay. On a White House organized call, the Biden administration official said, we have seen a trend of rising digital authoritarianism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why we need to rein in things like Bitcoin and all these decentralized oh, yeah. places. Yeah. Some some states have been acting to repress freedom of expression, to censor independent news sources, to interfere with elections, promote disinformation around the world, and deny their citizens other human rights. What we've seen as an effort to fundamentally change the nature of the Internet from something that is an instrument of commerce and culture to something that is an instrument of state power. Mm. And that's what the Biden administration and the 49 other countries are working to fight is to stop the internet from becoming an instrument of state power. So we need state power to yeah. fight the other state power. Now they do this, by the way, while also you know, stealing, you know, they can look at your information. They can get your private information. I see a lot of people worried about what Musk is going to do with your private data that Twitter has. You know, you can't trust them with any of that data at all. You can trust these people, though, because they signed a pledge. That's right. Yeah, so you can trust them. It's amazing. And they have your best interests. Um, Elon no, oh, Musk yeah. doesn't. Of course. This is a democracy, mm-hmm. okay? They, they are so good at getting out in front of something and trying to establish their moral authority and, and going out there. It's like, a, it's like someone who is in a drug cartel, running, running some kind of drug cartel, something like that some kind of big drug ring. And they also have like a, an addiction center for people that are addicted to drugs. And like, that's their main public persona. This is also kind of what's going on in Ozark right now. I'm sure everyone knows that, but they have this addiction center out there. And so when you're like, wait, aren't you doing this? What the person that has the 
addiction centers? Look how important this is mm-hmm. to them. Why would you even talk about them potentially doing anything like that? They're, they've got a chain of addiction rehab centers around the country, man. There's no way they would do that. There's no way they would get people addicted to go to their addiction centers. No. What it is is just it's just trying to say, hey, look over here. Look over here. I'm just covering up your camera when I'm doing that. <laughs> Don't pay attention to this stuff. Just gives you some deniability when people say that you're doing something wrong. All right. Continuing on with our our freedom on the internet, the Department of Homeland Security. Don't worry. They're going to continue to keep us safe. They are. And um, by the way, this is um, something that I believe uh, Warden Warren was calling for a long time ago. Mm. We needed, yeah. We needed someone to tell us what truth was. Of course. So. Yeah. Now this, the... Ministry of Truth, by the way, that's about the same as uh, the so-called Don't Say Gay bill. The the government is not calling this the Ministry of Truth, Mm. but all the right-leaning websites are calling it the Ministry of Truth. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully everyone gets the reference. But if you don't, I think it's from, um, I don't know, basic economics or something. (laughs) This This from MSN, the Ministry of Truth. And you have a different headline up there. Oh, yeah. So from Fox News. So uh, Mayorkas? Mayorkas, yeah. Mayorkas testifies DHS is creating, quote, disinformation governance board. Mm-hmm. So completely separate and unrelated to Elon Musk buying Twitter. Uh, we're now on this, uh, this amazing path that I just am so excited about. Yep. Speaking to Congress on Wednesday, April 27th, Department of Homeland Security Secretary... Alejandro Mayorkas was asked what steps he was taking to curb the targeting of minorities with misinformation. <laughs> Where is that happening, by the way? <laughs> I'm going to write my Twitter post with a bunch of mis- misinformation, and I'm only going to send it to people of color Well, and any minorities that are out there. And that's why the government needs to get involved in this, because they're trying to protect minorities, mm-hmm. because minorities are being targeted with misinformation they are. online. He responded that his department had already set up a board that would be taking a leading role in this apparent fight. He said, quote, we have just established a mis- and disinformation governance board, so they're going to get both of them. Mm-hmm. So all you out there who thought that you were going to put spread misinformation because now they're focusing on disinformation, they're coming for both of you. All right. Uh, the, so that board has been established in the Department of Homeland Security to more effectively combat this threat, not only to election security, but to our homeland security, to our digital homeland security, Mm -hmm. folks. Mm -hmm. Quote, we are uh, uh, disseminating information to the secretaries of state. We are counseling them and providing resources to ensure better physical security we are addressing all aspects of election security, given, of course, the midterm elections that are upon us and the fundamental integrity of our democratic processes that is at stake. Heading up this venture will be Nina Jankowicz. Jankowicz, I'm assuming. Is Jankowicz. Or Wicks. Described Wicks, as a know. Russian disinformation expert. Mm. In 2017, responding to a tweet by Senator Lindsey Graham about the Steele dossier, Jakanowicz wrote, your, quote, your party funded the dossier first, and if, there was, uh, and if there was FBI and DOJ bias during 2016, it was certainly against Clinton. FBI was investigating Trump since summer, 
but didn't make it public, American public de- uh, deserved to know. As is now accepted, the dossier was funded by Democrats. Yeah. But so, she's an expert in Russian information. Disinformation, sorry, not information. Disinformation, yeah. you know. So, like, let's think about this thing. Like, the Wuhan lab leak, like, these types of things, whatever. Those would all be censored as disinformation. Mm-hmm. And then we would ever, we would never actually get to the truth about this because there wouldn't be enough people concerned in light of the information to make a stink en- en- enough of it to actually get to the investigation to find the actual truth. That's a, that is accurate. Yeah. That's what actually happens, by the way. So, um, just one month prior, did MSM put that in there? What? Oh no, there's some other pizza. I didn't this change is the from link. Fox. This guy. I didn't from change Fox. the link. Okay, so just one month prior to the 2020 presidential election, the Associated Press reported on the Hunter Biden laptop story. It outlined all the reasons why the story could be Russian disinformation, and included a direct quote from Jankowitz, who said of the laptop that quote We should view it as a Trump campaign product. She also tweeted on other occasions in support of various articles intended to cast, quote, yet more doubt on the younger Biden's laptop revelations. Writing for a prominent Washington, D.C. publication. By the way, we didn't get to vote for her. No. She was literally put in charge of this by someone else that we didn't vote for. So, Well, it's okay, though, because the... Um, the Constitution says that Congress shall make no law that's going to abridge any of those freedoms. Okay. Didn't say that the Department of Homeland Security couldn't do it. All right. Mm. So they're just trying to keep us safe as they have been directed mm. to do, of course. And so that's fine. So uh, writing for a prominent Washington, D.C. publication in 2018 after Democrats could, took control of the House of Representatives... Uh, Jankowitz railed against Facebook and its ability to self-regulate, demanding that lawmakers take up the role. Quote, self-regulation has failed and Facebook can no longer be trusted with it. We would not fly on an airline that lied about an appalling safety record, nor would the government allow it to operate. The new Congress presents an opportunity to have meaningful conversations about social media's impact on our democracy and perhaps even change its course Hard problem, be damned. The idea that government could step in and take the reins of power from companies is one that she echoed regarding Elon Musk's recent Twitter purchase. Speaking to NPR, she said of the buyout, quote, I shudder to think about, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms and that and what that would look like for the marginalized communities all around the world which are already shouldering so much of this abuse, disproportionate amounts of this abuse, and re-traumatizing themselves as they try to protect themselves from it. You know, reporting, blocking, etc. <laughs> we need the platforms to do more. And we frankly need law enforcement and our legislators to do more as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is the person that's going to be running the, uh, the board. I shudder to think... I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms. It's very dangerous stuff. Mm. Very dangerous. Allowing, uh, allowing people to speak. Yeah. This, the re-traumatization is what's going to be most 
uh, grueling, I think. Because if people are going to have to like re-report and re-block, mm. that's painful. It is tough. Like when, <laughs> when you block someone, it's tough. Yeah. You should never have to read something that you don't like. Mm. That's actually... <laughs> I can't even like keep a straight face anymore. <laughs> no, no. In 2022, you should never have to read something that you don't like or that you would disagree with. Okay, we've made it past that point of you needing to like think for yourself and make those yeah. decisions. That's what the DHS is for. Can can we also let it be known that what we're watching now is literally a flip of the Democratic Party, by the way. We've been seeing that transition for a while now. It seems if you look at history, it seems like the Democratic Party has always been malleable to whatever's popular at the time for us uh, basically they, they were the ones that were trying to protect slavery. Right. That, and same party. They're the ones that are always trying to protect power. Exactly. Now Republicans obviously do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. But, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that remember in the sixties and seventies and during those periods, it was the Democrats that were fighting for free speech and mm. civil liberties and being able to say whatever the hell you wanted. Piss fuck damn shit stuff. <laughs> On campus, earmuffs, wherever you wanted it, it was those damn conservatives that were blocking all that with the, all these regulations and stuff, parental advisories and all that. And they, they just wanted all the free speech. And now that's a completely accurate representation of history right there. It's now it's now it's turning on its shoulder. I think all this is now we know exactly what it is. I just I think the Elon Musk thing is a catalyst for this. I'm sure they've been working on it for a while, but they know they've got to work on it really soon now if he is in fact going to get Twitter. I still put the odds at 50/50 for for Musk owning Twitter. In fact, last night I decided that it wasn't going to happen in my in my mind, but I might have just been tired. I don't know. Feeling kind of nihilistic at that time. That or that way you didn't get your hopes up yeah. and have your dreams crushed. <laughs> yeah, cuz yeah. I'm heavily invested <laughs> in whether or not Elon Musk gets Twitter for sure. No, I've only got 20 shares of Twitter. I don't care which one which which way it goes. It's fine either way. But um I I think that's what's happening right now. They're potentially going to lose power over the information and they're going to have to work together. And other governments are going to be very, very interested in working with them on doing this because they have to control, they have to protect their power as well. And you might have some issues with some EU countries and Musk getting Twitter. And then you've got other information coming out, like what's going on with this whole laptop thing and some of these tax records and all that stuff going on. I don't really want to go into this story because there's something else I wanted to make sure we read today. It's more of a dumb bleep, but we've got so many freaking dumb bleeps. We all got to make sure this story about the missing $5.2 million from Biden's income reports uh, doesn't doesn't just go away. And I think that people are going to make sure it stays here. But it is also information. It, interesting that this information came out a couple days ago. And the Musk thing happened on Monday, and now the DHS has got to go after disinformation. Isn't that kind of weird that that's going on? Because the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation, remember? Exactly. And the Steele dossier was, they steal man the hell out of that thing. There wasn't any way there was anything wrong with it. Okay, mm-hmm. it's all Russian propaganda, all Russian, Russian disinformation. All the, the eight, the what, four-year investigation of Trump in mm-hmm. Russia being part of Russia, that all became true. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, so we, we figured that out. You couldn't think anything else other than 
Russiagate. So it's pretty clear what they're doing right now. And I just had to make sure that we mention DeSantis and MSNBC, because I think last week or the week before we said, you just watch, they're going to make sure that they make DeSantis worse than Trump. They have to, because they can't say that he's like better than Trump. That's not going to be a thing. Everything has to be worse. We're closer to authoritarian fascism uh, every with every single election cycle. It's about to happen every time. It's like someone predicting that um, that the ice caps are going to be gone. You know, yeah. it's just always we're always right there. It's always about to happen. All right. And so this article I just thought was pretty because pretty they know for sure if they can't make someone look worse than Trump, whoever the nominee is that they're going to lose mm -hmm. if they give any ounce whatsoever to being like, well, this is a decent Republican candidate. You yeah. should still vote Democrat, but yeah. this is a decent, I know that uh, the last few years have been absolutely terrible and our policies suck and you can feel that in your bones, but you know, it's still, you don't want to vote for this guy. They have to make him look worse so that they can stay in power. Well, yeah, because they know that the Fed can't print more votes than they did last time because of inflation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, there's no way that they can go any further than they already did. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is a far more dangerous politician than Donald Trump. Far more dangerous than Hitler. Because he has experience. Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, front runner for the Republican presidential nomination, and quite possibly the most dangerous figure in American politics. While it's hard to imagine any politician wrestling that title away from Donald Trump. We'll tell you how. <laughs> DeSantis brings something to the table that Trump lacks. His ability to translate political vindictiveness, cruelty, and demagoguery into policy results. Because Trump didn't get any policy results that they disagree with. Mm. He just was out there mean tweeting all the time. They haven't disagreed with a single one of his policies. Well, don't forget he did incite Jan 6, which mm. was the worst day in American history. Yeah. So this, this it, is going to be worse. Think about Jan 6 times a billion, mm -hmm. and that's what DeSantis is going to bring to the White House. Yeah. Three years ago, after Florida voters, now they go through a list of all these authoritarian things that are happening. Three years ago, after Florida voters overwhelmingly supported a constitutional amendment restoring voting rights for convicted felons, DeSantis signed legislation forcing former felons to repay any financial obligations before their rights would be restored. This is, in effect, a modern poll tax. Now, what I wanted to get was some people's opinions on that, because when I think about Listen, I've got no problem with people who, we've always said it like this. If you've paid your debt to society, then there's no reason that you shouldn't get all of your rights back. If you don't get your rights back, then, you know, why'd you get let out in the first place? Mm -hmm. You know, you, either you're, you're a person or you're not. You got rights or you don't. Okay. This one was interesting to me because I hadn't heard anything about it. They voted to give the voting rights back, but then DeSantis signed legislation saying that those felons needed to repay their financial obligations before they could actually get those rights back, including restitution to the victims that they may have been uh, convicted of taking things from. What do you think about that, Chuck? Uh, you know, uh, I still think you should get the right to vote regardless of the debts that you owe. Like, I owe debts to people currently, and I can still vote. Yeah. Why would that hold, like, I should be debt-free? I mean... By debts, they mean if you stole a million dollars from someone and went to prison for it, then you should be able to, you should pay that money back to that person to get your rights back. 
essentially. I think that would have to be, yeah, it would have to be on an individual basis yeah. there. I guess it would depend on what the crime was. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I just think that it, we have moved away from this idea that there should be any type of restitution for victims of crimes. And instead, the goal of our judicial system is just to punish people for the state to punish people by putting them in a cage for a while. But is there ever really any restitution for the victims of the crimes? Isn't that what justice would be? Do you actually get justice because someone had to be in a cage for a couple of years? Or do you get justice because you got back what they took from you? So I think that that's, uh, I think that's weird. That's different from you taking out a debt and saying that you can't vote until you pay off the debt. Like you freely took off, took out the debt. The person gave you the money and, and you're paying it back to them. You know, I think this is different when you commit a crime. I'm just saying, I don't think that this is a clearly I think uh, I'm black and white issue here. I think I'm going to put more thought into it. I, I, I think I understand the premise of it and it makes logical sense um i I guess if if being a felon that's part of your uh rights that you lose because like look when you commit a crime you do lose (laughs) rights okay committing crimes has an effect of losing rights yeah right i just can't go around stealing from people or killing people or whatever and just keep all of my rights Uh, that's not how it works that's not what freedom means it's not what liberty means so my so, main so if losing your voting rights is part of your punishment like you said if you've paid the debt like you've done your time you've paid your money whatever it, it amounts to be what i don't like what i don't want to see is like oh you owe court costs so you can't vote because you have to pay the court so important part of this what i was about to say is i'm actually not defending DeSantis's law here at all. We're not big uh, DeSantis fans over here, and I don't think we really ever have been uh, on too many things. Yeah, but, in fact, we fought with a lot of libertarians yeah, over Disney. <laughs> and, well, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, let's not talk about, you know, vax mandates and stuff like that. And uh, Anyway, we won't talk about that. So anyway, we're not big DeSantis fans. I'm not in favor of the way that uh, he did this because... I think that our actual justice system itself needs to focus more on restitution to victims, that that needs to be more of uh, your the way that you repay your debt to society, that that's the way it should work. And they are including court costs in this. And this is not only going to include people who stole money or goods or items from other people. It's also going to include people that were convicted of drug crimes and haven't paid back their court costs afterwards. Right. Okay. I just wanted to have a conversation about whether or not we're ever actually going to make the work towards making victims whole. Unless what makes you whole is the thought of someone sitting in a cage for a little bit, then I guess that that fixes the problem. That's, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Just the, all of the hate in your heart, you just get to let it out for a little while. What other horrible you things know? has this guy done? Last year, he pushed a series of voting restrictions that included limits on mail-in ballot drop boxes, new requirements on voting registration, and even made it more difficult to give food and water to Floridians waiting in line to exercise their franchise. Oh, okay. We talked a a lot about all of that. Um, It's not exactly what they just said. We'll We'll just say it that way. Last week, he signed a bill limiting the tenure for professors at state universities who his Republican political allies claim are trying to indoctrinate students with liberal beliefs. Well, that's happening. I think they should limit the tenure for professors at state university. I think tenures is one of the tenure is one of the worst things that we have in the education system. In any system. In any system. 
the fact that you've been there for a certain amount of time does not mean that you should still have a job right now. You've been because you might suck. And a lot of times you can make tenure after what, like four years. That's what it was in uh, Illinois for teaching. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now you're tenure and you can do literally as long as you don't harm anyone mm -hmm. or or know, take their stuff or make sexual references or whatever. Yeah. And as long, in Florida, as long as you don't say gay. That's the main your, thing. You keep your tenure. It's only professors who had said gay in the past, actually. <laughs> Conservative Republicans love to make righteous ideological arguments about the heavy hand of big government. And yet, when faced with a perfect example of legislation that is intended to chill free speech, most are cheering DeSantis's Disney move. In the modern Republican Party, the accumulation of political power trumps all other considerations. Morals, ethics, and allegiance, democratic principles be damned. Now, that's actually not wrong. Yeah. Okay? That statement is not wrong. That's exactly what you and I were going after was the fact that conservatives were doing just as much harm by using the, the bloated political power to get their ideas across. But you... This person's obviously left-leaning, writing this from a left-leaning stance. You have to ask yourself the it's question. From, it's from Gaslight NBC. Yeah, from Gaslight NBC. So you have to ask yourself the question, why would they be doing this? Well, you started the damn thing. And this is what's happening in this political game. Is you know, People on the right and in the extreme right and even on the right are getting fed up with it. And they, they see their only course of action as punching back. But you like... You need to look in the mirror and like you did this. So what's the best way to rein this in? Well, practice. Stop doing it. Stop breaking the law. Yeah, well, asshole. They're, they're not doing this, Charlie. It's only the other side that does of course. it. That's a, again, this has become particularly pro forma in Republican politics. What makes DeSantis such a uniquely worrying character is that there is seemingly no political sewer into which he won't wade. <laughs> If scapegoating the LGBTQ community and preventing trans kids from embracing their gender identity is the price for ensuring his continued popularity, he is more than willing to pay it. While Trump revealed a conservative conference revealed at a conservative conference that he had received a COVID booster shot, DeSantis refused to tell reporters whether he had received the shot as well. <laughs> What he shares with this Trump. Is a, this is a list of grievances <laughs> beyond anything I've ever seen. What he shares with Trump is a vindictive and demagogic streak, unquenchable ambition, and refusal to be weighed down by political norms or democratic traditions. Like Trump, his time in office would be marked by repeated attempts to pit Americans against each other. But unlike Trump, DeSantis has the proven ability to follow through on his divisive rhetoric. The complete package. DeSantis represents a terrifying future for America, and by 2025, it could become a reality. So you need to be scared. you got to be scared right now. You absolutely Y'all thought Trump was bad. Holy crap. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. we got to go. Nate, take us out of here. Here we go. Thanks for hanging out, everyone. Make sure you go to joingmail.com and join the live group with us. Hang out every single day of the week when we want to. Okay, it's only six bucks a month. Just go there, pay six bucks, and then hang out with us. You can see me wearing my nice Let's Go Brandon hat that I have on right now. Okay, join gml.com. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children and your uncle that they have a podcast that they have to follow and subscribe. And if you do all of that, we'll be right back again tomorrow with Dumb Bleep of the Week. Till then, y'all have a good day and a good morning. 
liberty. Their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. And klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. 